We are going to be in Acts chapter 2 this morning. So if you want to open up your Bibles or your phone or your app uh, to Acts chapter 2, that's where we're going to be all morning this morning. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for this opportunity that we have to look into the book of Acts and to learn from this first New Testament church. And uh, guys, we do this. I pray that you would give us some insight into our own lives and insight into our church, River Ridge Church. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. So as we are continuing through the book of the, through the, um, the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation, um, we are now on the portion you can see from the video called uh, Mission. And so we started with the book of Acts last week. Um, if you finish the Gospels, which is the redemption portion, uh, we have a sticker out there. Uh, and then if you're looking to continue to read on, we're in the book of Acts uh, beginning this past Monday. We'll be in Acts, I think, for three weeks. Uh, but we'll be in the mission of the church all the way until the very end of December. And so I encourage you to read along. And uh, especially, I tell you, the book of Acts, in a lot of ways, is one of my favorite books uh, of the Bible because it's like, it reads like a page turn. Like if you've not read the book of Acts before, or even if you're a little bit unfamiliar with it, you know, when you get into like kind of chapter 12, 13, 14 in there, you're like, I, I, I got to read the next chapter. What happens? It's, it's a bit like a page turn to figure out, okay, what's going to happen with these people in the church and, and all these different situations. Um, and so last week's message was about the coming of the Holy Spirit, which Jay talked about. Um, and so I want to pick up there as we get into the bulk of our message this morning. So it says this. So the Holy Spirit comes on Pentecost. Peter stands up. He gives uh, a speech. And then it says this. It says, those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. Now, up until this point in time, there were 120 believers in Jesus, right? So when Jesus died and rose again, in the time right there after the resurrection, there were about 120 believers. And so on this one day, 3,000 people are added to the number of people who are believers, who are in the church, right? So now the church is? Where do you want, Mike? 3,000. There we go. All right, that's an all, that's just for the middle schoolers because they need to, um, and it says that these 3,000 people were baptized. And when I was in um, Jerusalem this past summer, it was pretty amazing to look at the places that they, and it wasn't like one big place. I think they probably took them in different places or had a line of people that were being baptized. Um, but when you become a believer in Christ, you are baptized. Next Sunday, we're doing a baptism. If you are a believer in Christ and you have not been baptized, then next Sunday is your day to get baptized. Let us know. We'll tell you what to wear and how to prepare and all that kind of stuff. But after you become a Christian, you're baptized. That's what we see in the book of Acts. But the growth of the church didn't stop there. And as you read through the book of Acts, and as you do that over the next couple of weeks, you will recognize it, it talks about, and the Lord added to their numbers, and this person became Christians, or these, this town became believers, and, and there's all of this growth. And that happens because the church, the New Testament church that started right there in Jerusalem, was doing the things, and they were the church that God wanted them to be. And so they plant these other churches in Ephesus and Corinth and all these different places, and those emulate or modeled what they saw in Jerusalem. And so in the book of Acts, beginning in uh, Acts 2.42, there's a description of what does the first church look like. And so we're going to talk about that this morning. And I have, this is, 
not happened in my 21 years. Page two got turned behind and I missed like a whole page. This is like the best page. Can I go back? Is that okay if I go back? Okay. That's really astounding. Okay. Uh, so welcome middle school kids. I'm not going back that far. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. We're going to look this morning at the book of Acts, right, in two, uh, two, 42 to 47. Um, but here's the thing. is When you look around our nation, around the world, there's all kinds of different churches, right? You have some mega churches, 25,000 plus people that are churches. You have some churches that are house churches, and they can fit in a very small living room. You have some churches which have a band like we do and all that kind of stuff. You have other churches that have an, an orchestra or a choir, or there's some churches that don't have any instruments at all. There's some churches that have a liturgy where they say the same thing week after week, and they, and they have this kind of practice. There's other churches where you show up, and who knows what's going to happen, right? There's all kinds of different churches. And so with that, the question is, is there a right way to do church or a wrong way to do church? Or is there a wide variety? And we're going to talk about that this morning. Is what is God's intention for the church? And here's why I wanted to go back, because there's a good story here. Just, you know, I th- you know it's a good story. Trust me. Uh, but when you say, like, here's a funny joke, and you tell a joke, and it's not funny, it's a, always a... Okay. So anyway, so I... Um, one of the things that I do uh, for fun is I volunteer as a hockey coach Tuesdays and Thursdays with this learn to play hockey uh, kind of deal at the rink. It's great, super fun. Uh, and so this week uh, on Tuesday, I had a fifth grade assistant who happens to go to church here whose name will remain nameless. Uh, but if you ask me afterwards, I'll tell you. Um, so, but anyway, this fifth grade boy, super great kid. And so we're sitting there, we're tying our skates, we're getting ready for uh, this learn to skate thing, learn to play hockey that we're teaching these kids. And he's, he's asking me about my day. Like a fifth grader saying, hey, how was your day? What did you do today? And, and so I was like, well, I was, I was working on my sermon for this coming Sunday. And he goes, oh, really? What's your sermon going to be about? I said, well, it's going to be from the book of Acts. Do you know the book of Acts? Yeah, we talked about that in Ridge Kids. Okay, I'm like, and I said, we're going to talk about what the church is supposed to be about. And, and then I was like, this is a perfect opportunity to do a little bit of research, right? So I'm like, hey, kid. I said, um, <clears throat> I, I can't even tell if his parents are here for this. Anyway, so I said, um, I said, what do you think is important when it comes to church, Right? And here's his answers, right? He says this. He says, first, people should be kind to one another. I'm like, that's a great answer. You are one for one, bro. Way to go, right? And then here's his second one. He says, the leaders of the church shouldn't give out boring worksheets. (laughs) And I'm like, I think he's referring to boring worksheets that he got, that he gets sometimes at school. But maybe he's referring to the, you know, little handout, the outlines that you have. If they're boring, I apologize. We can try and spice those up. (laughs) Number three, people shouldn't fart in church. (laughs) Just priceless. And, and let the record, let the record, let the record show of the anonymous child that this child just absolutely ripped one right before he said that. (laughs) But I would say, like, he was three for three. Well done. (laughs) 
So with that, now we talk about the church and adding to the church. Um, and the church has grown because the people in this first church were doing what needed to be done. They were doing, they were the people of God doing the things of God. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look and we're going to see five marks of the New Testament church. So this is Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 42. It says this. It says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And awe came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. So we're going to look at what the five marks of a healthy church of which the first New Testament church was. So here's the first mark is they were devoted to God's word. They were devoted to God's word. It says in the phraseology of um, the scripture I read, it says they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Now here's what we're going to do, is we're going to look at these five marks, and as we go through them, we're going to look at all of them from two different perspectives. The first perspective is, Am I, are we as individuals doing this, right? Um, how am I doing at, for example, being devoted to God's word? And then we're going to look at the second half for each one of these and say, how can I help us as a wider church do these things that the church is supposed to be about as laid out for us in Acts chapter 2? Um, and so that's kind of the, the flow that we'll take. We're going to look at us first and then how do we do as a church and how do we add to that as a church? So for this one in particular, the question is, and it's a pretty simple question, are you devoted to God's Word? Are you committed to reading God's Word on a regular basis, on a daily basis? Is the input of God's Word into your life in some form or fashion in a regular basis? I think for many of us, that's we read God's Word, and then we write a couple things that God teaches us through that. For others, it's listening to God's Word, that you have a, a, a podcast or something like that that you listen to when you drive, and that's how you take in God's Word. I know that there's a lot of you who do devotional books. You open it up, and you read the passage, or you open up, and you answer questions. That's your input. That's you being devoted to God's Word. If your only interaction with God's Word is 30 minutes on a Sunday— you're not devoted to God's Word, right? 30 minutes hearing it from my mouth or from whoever's mouth is up here, that is not being devoted to God's Word. It's great that you're here, but that's not devotion to God's Word. When it comes to devoting to God's Word, it's not just reading God's Word or hearing God's Word. What James says in the, in the book of James, James chapter 1, he said, do not just be hearers of God's word, but be doers of God's word. Hear God's word, read God's word, and apply God's word. Jesus talks about the exact same thing. He said, if all you do is hear God's word, and you don't apply, he says, you're like a guy who builds a house on a foundation of sand, 
And as soon as trouble comes, the house falls apart. He says, but if you are someone who reads God's word, hears God's word, and also applies it, he says, you're like a man who built his house on a foundation of rock. And when storms come and difficulties come, the storm doesn't wash it away. So be a person whose house is built on the rock. So as you ask yourself the question, am I devoted to God's word? If your answer is no, not really, sort of, or maybe a little bit, here's the thing is, that's okay. Because one of the things about Riverage Church that we say a lot is, Riverage is a church where you can come as you are. But don't stay there. Come as you are, but don't stay there. Take a step. And so my encouragement to you, if that's you, if I say, are you devoted to God's word? And you're like, I'm not really, kind of not, I don't know, maybe. Take a step. Begin to read God's word. Use the devotional thing that we have out there in the lobby on the relevant reading. Find something on the U version. Become devoted to God's word. Take a step. Don't stay where you are. Now, the other part of this is as a church, how can we do this together? And I want to really talk to those of you who would say, I'm pretty devoted to God's Word. Not a prideful way, but like I'm pretty consistent in reading my Bible. And I want to encourage you to be an encouragement and a challenger to other people. That the people who are in your circle, ask them, hey, what would you read in the Bible? Here's what I read. Be excited about it. Post something on Facebook that you read. But be a person who spreads that truth of the value of reading God's Word, the value of being devoted to God's Word. Maybe even for you, if you're someone who's devoted to God's Word, it's time to step up and to lead a group, to lead a men's group or a women's group or a home group or to volunteer with kids or middle schoolers, right? Take that, if you're someone who's devoted, and say, how can I spread the love that I have, the devotion that I have to God's Word beyond just myself? Here's the second mark of the New Testament church is devoted to one another, devoted to one another. Luke um, calls this fellowship. They're devoted to the fellowship. The word fellowship in the original Greek is this word koinonia. And when we hear the word fellowship, we kind of think of the word friendship. And, and here's the difference. I want to kind of differentiate it between friendship and, and fellowship. Friendship is when we... Um, are kind of, we, we have a shared interest that we both like, and in a friendship, I get something out of the friendship, and you get something out of the friendship, right? And, and I'm, I'm in the friendship, and, and friendships are great, and they're, and they're good, but if I'm not, like, getting what I want out of the friendship, I'm going to kind of pull back from the friendship, right? And, and that's okay. I mean, as I've lived my life, there's people that I'm closer to, and then we kind of ebb and flow. That's a friendship, right? And, and again, friendships are good. We want to have friendships. But a fellowship is something different. A fellowship is when we are committed to one another for the sake of something bigger than ourselves and for the sake of one another. It's not just about, am I getting what I want out of this relationship? Probably one of the best illustrations uh, for what a fellowship is actually comes from a movie. It's called The Fellowship of the Ring. Here's a picture of The Fellowship of the Ring. How many of you have either read the book or seen a couple of the movies? Okay, so some of you. So if you're not familiar, uh, but basically this is uh, kind of this ragtag group of characters, um, and they're all different, I guess they call them, I guess it'd be races. So you've got Frodo and Bilbo, who are hobbits. You've got Gandalf, who's a wizard. You've got 
um, Aragorn, who is a human, Gimli, who's a dwarf, you have an elf. Um, and these people are friends, but they are also a fellowship because they have this greater goal involving the ring, and I won't be a plot spoiler if you haven't read it or seen the movie, but they have this greater goal that has to do with the ring, and that's what bonds them together because they're very different from one another. And so when we read that the church is a fellowship and that we're to be a fellowship, that means that we are devoted to one another for a greater purpose, and the greater purpose is making Christ known. The greater purpose is growing God's church. The greater purpose is committed to one another's, to the other person's spiritual growth. And so when we're committed to fellowship, that doesn't, we don't always get exactly what we want out of something. Oftentimes we're in it for what we give to other people. And so we ask the question for us at River Ridge, are we, are you devoted to the fellowship? What does that look like here? And I think it looks a couple of different ways. I think one of the ways is about life groups, right? So we talk about life groups. We encourage you to get in a life group, um, whether it be a home group, a men's group, or a women's group, but to be involved, and to be involved not just for what you get from it, but for what you give to it. Because there's definitely times when I'm, I'm in a men's group and I'm in a, in a home group, and there's times where I'm like, I, I don't feel like going today, whether I'm leading it or not leading it. Like, that just happens. But what makes me go, or what kind of pushes me over the line, it's like, maybe, maybe I'm going to group tonight, not because of what I'm going to get out of it, but maybe because of what I'm going to say, and I'm going to give to somebody else, and they need to hear what I'm going to say, what I'm going to share, or encourage, or challenge, or whatever it might be. And to remember that, it's not just like, hey, I'm not going to go because I'm just too tired. It's like, hey, I'm committed to this because I'm committed to these people and the greater purpose. The other way that devoted to, to the church in terms of River Ridge plays out is in serving. That when you serve at River Ridge Church, you are devoted to other people. There are people, if you have kids, if you're in this room listening to me, you, you have kids, they're over there, and those adults over there are devoted to you and to your kids, that you can sit in here and worship in here, and they're over there watching your kid, changing your kid's diaper, sitting in a circle, watching them j jacked up on candy, whatever they're doing over there today, right? That is them being devoted to you, right? And so again, I encourage you, part of being devoted to one another is how we serve one another in the context of the church. Here's the fifth mark of the New Testament church, devoted to grace. Devoted to grace. Now, as you look at the passage, if you remember, you're like, I don't think it used the word grace in there, and it doesn't. But what it does say is that they were devoted, it says, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, we've talked about, and then it says, to the breaking of bread. And for them, that was their kind of New Testament way of saying communion, right? And here's why I put the word grace in instead of being devoted to communion. Because communion, when we take communion, what we're doing is we are remembering God's grace, right? The, when we take communion, we are remembering that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us and that we did nothing, nada, nothing to earn that. It's because of his love for us. That is his grace poured out for us on the cross. And, and Jesus did that for us, this grace act on the cross, because of his love for us. It wasn't because we behaved well. 
It wasn't because He saw the potential in us. It wasn't because He knew that we would grow and become better and better people. It wasn't for any of that. It was because of His love for us. That is grace. It is undeserved from our point of view, right? And so this New Testament church was this church in the book of Acts in Jerusalem to start out with. They were committed to being people of grace who understood grace. And when we understand grace, there's really kind of a twofold implication of that. The first is that it's by God's grace that I'm accepted, that I'm loved, but also that I grow personally and spiritually. It's not about my work or my efforts. But then the second implication is this, and this is where it comes to the church. It's by God's grace that the church is sustained, that it grows, that it flourishes, right? We have our part to do that, that God says to do this within the church, but ultimately it's God's grace that does the work. This River Ridge Church, this is not Matt's church. This is not the staff's church. This is not your church. This is God's church. And by his grace, we become who he wants us to be, not who I want us to be or you want us to be or anybody else. We become who God wants us to be as a church. And here's the neat thing, is when we understand God's grace towards us, like when we really grasp that, the natural outflow of that is that we show grace to others. And that's the beauty of God's grace. God's grace comes to me and God's grace flows out of me and the grace that I show to other people. Here's the fourth mark of a New Testament church is devoted to prayer. So to be perfectly honest with you, as I'm preparing this week for the, the message and, and going through these, I was doing pretty well up until this point. Like I, my devotion to God's word, that's, that's pretty good. I'm pretty devoted to other people, right? I understand God's grace for me and, and live out God's grace. But when I arrived at this one, it says they were devoted to prayer. I had to be honest and go, I don't think I'm devoted to prayer. When it comes to prayer, I pray. I like prayer. I believe that prayer works. I pray for 15 minutes as I walk around my neighborhood every Sunday. I pray occasionally through the week. But if I'm being super honest with myself and now with you, I'm not devoted to prayer. And, and, I was, and again, this week I was really like, why am I not devoted to prayer? And I think part of it is because it, it, takes, it takes work. It takes concentration. It takes kind of setting things aside and eliminating distractions, and that's hard. I also think that part of the way that just I like to be productive in life. I like, I like to get stuff done, get her done. And prayer doesn't always feel productive to me. When I talked about being devoted to God's Word, I said, we're a church where you come as you are, but you don't stay there. And I kind of speak those same words back to me, right? This is where I'm at, where, this is where I'm at when it comes to prayer, but don't stay there. Take some steps. And so 
here's my steps, right? And I don't really want to share them with you because I know that you're devoted to one another and then like next week or next month or six months from now, you're going to say, hey, how are you doing with your prayer and that stuff you mentioned? I don't want to do that, but I'm going to out of accountability. So here's the three things that God laid on my heart as far as me and next steps. Um, the first is this. I have a prayer journal that has been gathering dust uh, for many, many months, uh, maybe even years. Um, and so for me, I'm pulling that out again. And I, I pulled it out um, Friday and Saturday of this week and used that to pray. The second for me, my step is I like to walk and pray. Um, and so that's going to be part of my habits again. And the, the third thing is for a number of months, um, back during the school year of last school year, I was really pretty faithful in praying a single prayer every day that God would give me opportunities for the gospel. But summer hit, the new year came, and I just didn't pick that back up. And so that's kind of the third part of the step that I'm going to take as far as being devoted um, to prayer. Now, as we talk about the church, right, so recognizing that that's not something I'm strong in, I go, well, gosh, how does River Ridge Church do? And so uh, on Wednesday, or maybe it was on Thursday, I was, I was on Wednesday, I was walking through the kitchen, and, uh, and Jay Teodoro, the other pastor, was walking the other way, and I said, Jay, how's your prayer life? And he said, actually, it's pretty good. I'm like, good, one of us has a good prayer life, we're one for two, right? So it was baseball, one out of two was amazing. And, and so we talked about that a little bit, right? And, and I, he said, one of the things that's really helped me is I, is I turn off the radio whenever I drive places. So instead of listening to talk radio or music, whatever, he says, when I drive, I pray. And, and Jay, by the way, so there's a, a regular email that goes out for those of you who are on the prayer team. If you want to be a part of that, let us know on your Connect card. But Jay sends out a, a, a regular email as helping us as a church pray. That's good that he's in charge of that. And here's the other thing about Jay. Why is that funny? <laughs> okay. Um, so, but here's the, the other thing um, about Jay that I love. And again, I, and I share this with you, like, to be aspirational about prayer. Um, is, uh, this is probably two or three months ago. There was a, a woman in our church here, and her mom was super sick and went into hospice. And so Jay goes over, visits with her, brings his guitar, prays for her, and then sings worship songs for her. That's a man of prayer. Be like him, not like me, right? I want us to be a church of prayer. I'm not there yet, but I think we as a church can grow in that direction. So those are the first four marks of prayer. They all came from um, those verses I'm going to read one more verse, um, and then we're going to get the fifth mark, uh, excuse me, five marks of the New Testament church. Here's the fifth mark. Um, comes from verse uh, 44 and 45. It says this, And all who believed were together and had all things in common, and they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. So here's the fifth mark of a New Testament church. It's generosity. Generosity. If you look at that, what I just read, that's a really high bar. Like it says that when somebody had a need, 
somebody else sold their possessions, right? So they didn't take out of their plenty or their bank account. They, they took out of like what they, you know, something they had. I have too many of these. I have too many donkeys. I'm going to sell one so that you can eat, right? That's a very high bar. So as we talk about generosity, generosity works in two directions. It's inward towards the church and it's outwards towards the world. I want to take a few minutes and talk about each of those. Um, so a lot of you at River Ridge, you give generously to River Ridge. You give the first portion of your income to River Ridge, which is awesome. And I also know that some of you, when you get kind of extra money for whatever reason, you give a percentage of that, you give 10% of that to the church as well, whether that's an unexpected gift or a bonus from work or an inheritance or a tax refund. You're like, hey, if it comes in, I'm giving 10% out. I'm giving back to the church. That's awesome. So money comes into the church, right? And, and again, 10% is kind of what God says in the Bible. And so, but here's, that's, that's generosity coming in. I want to talk about generosity going out from the church for a minute. So uh, each, we have, a, we have a church budget. If you ever want to see it, it is totally open. It's an open church budget. Um, and so we do a budget every year, begins July 1st, runs through June 30th. So we're working on that typically in early May, middle May. And so one of the things I do is I, is I look and I say how, I basically figure out what is our income anticipated for the church, looking at the last year, kind of trying to forecast that and say, okay, this much is going to come in, right? And then the first thing I do when I make our budget for, for River Church is I say, okay, we're going to take 10% of that and we're going to give it away to missions, to reaching people with the gospel, right? And, and that goes in there. And then I figure out the rest of the 90% of the budget with, you know, salaries and heating bills and ministry and donut holes and goldfish cracker and all that kind of stuff. We figure all of that out. And if there's, if, and so we have 90%, if that's not enough, right, and we need 92%, I don't say, well, we'll just reduce missions and, and giving by 2% or 5%. We go, we're going to squish the other stuff and live and do church the way that God wants us to do this to be able to give out 10%. And so what I wanted to do to, to wrap up today is I wanted to actually share with you where some of your generosity that comes into the church and where it goes out. Because I get to see this on a pretty regular basis, but I recognize that, that you don't. And we give to some pretty neat places. Um, some of these have pictures, some of them don't. Um, and some of them give, me, give you numbers and some kind of general figures. Um, so, but we're committed to ministry on the west side of Charleston through the Second Avenue Center and the Mid so Second Avenue works with pre-K through fifth grade, and the Midian Center works uh, with fifth, uh, sixth grade up into uh, high school and even into college to age. Um, but we give over eighteen thousand dollars every year to that, or I guess in this year we give over eighteen thousand dollars towards ministry on the west side. Next is church planting. We are committed to church planting. Uh, and so we give a portion of our money away to church plants. There's a church plant happening in Bridgeport, um, which is part of our Ridge, um, Ridge network of churches. Um, and so we gave money to Ridgeview Church to help them to get off the ground, to redo a building, to buy stuff, to help with expenses for the first year. We give um, to that. We uh, support ministry in uh, Moldova. This is Stas uh, and his wife in Moldova. We can't go there right now because of the, uh, just it's not safe because right next to the Ukraine and so forth. Uh, but we give money to support him and other ministry and missions, uh, $5,700 that goes towards that ministry there. 
Um, the other place that we support heavily overseas is with Young Lives. Um, and so Young Lives has what's called a staff sponsorship program. Um, and so uh, from uh, left to right, so that is Sam Gatow. He is in uh, Kenya. And then uh, Freddie O'Chang, he is also in Kenya. He directs the college ministry in Kenya. And then Darson Bonami, he is in Haiti. Um, and what we do is we, meaning you all, and we, we support 100% of all three of those guys' salary, right? Now, they don't earn a lot. They make 600 bucks a month, right? But we support 100% of their salary from within Rivers Church. That's awesome. That is generosity. That is an Acts 2 type of church. Locally here, we support Young Life and InterVarsity. Um, and so that's Sam Scott and Ben Toole and then Blake uh, Sutherland. Uh, they do InterVarsity and Young Life here in Charleston. We support them financially. Many of you helped with the swim uh, water things a couple of uh, weeks ago with our Go Local project. And so we put together a hundred and some out of these, um, and we paid for the entire like apparatus unit. They're like a hundred bucks a piece. We paid for those, put, uh, maybe they're 50 bucks a piece. I can't remember my math. Um, Kim will correct me after the service. But anyway, but it was about a five or $6,000 project, including bringing in the people who trained us. That's because of your generosity. And beyond that, there's a whole bunch of stuff that we do locally to bless our community. Capital Outreach, Big Kick Soccer Camp, Go Local, Foster Care Support. We delivered donuts to uh, DHHR this week just to say thanks for the hard work that you do. That is the church loving its community, being generous. And that happens because you give generously to River Ridge and we can give generously beyond that. Let's go back to the book of Acts. One more verse. This is verse 47. It says this. It says, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. When a church is healthy, a church will grow. Healthy things grow, right? And so as a church, we don't have to kind of, we don't have to think about, we got to grow, we got to grow, we got to grow. What we need to do as a church is go, how can we be healthy. When a church is healthy, a church will grow. If we are devoted to God's word and applying it, if we are devoted to prayer, if we're devoted to one another, if we're devoted to being people of grace and a church of grace and focusing on who Jesus is and not our works, if we are generous with our money, with our time, with who we are, then we are a healthy church and God will do amazing things through a healthy church as he did here added to them the number who were being saved. So that's a five-point message. I want you to just bow your heads for a moment and just ask God where he wants you to take a step. And as you consider it, what is God saying to you? What's the step? Is it related to generosity? Is he putting on your heart to be devoted to prayer more, to read God's word. Maybe it's to be devoted to a friend in a whole different other level.
Heavenly Father, I pray that you would help River Ridge Church, help us to be an Acts 2 church. Help us to be a church that has these same five marks, that we would be a church that represents you well, that we would be a church that reaches people, that we would be a church that grows disciples and reaches the next generation. God, I pray that these things would be true about us as a church, but Lord, it starts with who we are as individuals. God, that we would be the people of God doing the things of God. I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.